Welcome back to Game Night on the Incomparable Network. Hello, nerds. It's me, Tony Sindelar, and I have assembled a group of delightful nerds. You might recognize them. It is four-fifths of the Dog and Pony Show, and they are here to uh, play a game called Trust Me, I'm a Doctor. This is a card game. We are playing it via the Tabletopia service. This is a game about lying, (laughs) bluffing, and being a not-so-great doctor. Uh, you've already you've already heard from the Attorney General of my heart. Nope, Surgeon General of my heart. Uh, it's a serious medical condition. Uh, Dr. Erica Ensign, welcome to the podcast. I take issue with the idea that there will be any lies from... Well, actually, you know what? I feel like some of the other doctors in this room might not be on the up and up. But I, Dr. Ensign, you can trust me. I'm a doctor. Yes, you are a trusted uh, colleague, Dr. Ensign, but looking around at our panel of experts, some of our experts are not as expert, and some of our panel, not so panel, if you know what I mean. Next up, nope. it is a, another uh, uh, trusted medical professional. Please welcome to Game Night, Jane Ritt. Hi, Jane. Hi, Doct- Tony. Dr. Jane Ritt. Yes, I, I was about to say, so thank you for clarifying. I think you'll find that four out of five of my patients agree um, mm. that I am a doctor. Mm. Uh, also joining us, uh, it's Dr. Dan Morin. I prefer Dr. Cornelius von Wunderhorst. Thank you very much. <laughs> are we are we doing that for the full hour? <laughs> I'm out. Know, it's up to you, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. Dan Morin as Dr. Cornelius Wunderhorst. Von Wunderhorst, please. I didn't oh. go all the way yeah, to he's six Cornelius years of fake medical of school. Of Wunderhorst. <laughs> Not to be called Dr. Von Wunderhorst. All right. Uh, <laughs> decisions were made. And last but not least, it's Dr. Aline Sims. You know what? I'm just going to be honest. I am a charlatan. <gasps> but Whoa. I make good money. Mm. (laughs) hard hard to argue with results Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so just before we get any further a slight disclaimer uh trust me i'm a doctor is a uh card game about horrible medieval and victorian ailments and the horrible uh (laughs) solutions thereof uh there is some rather uh humorous and all and gross uh, content in this. So, I don't know, depending on who you are, who your kids are, you may wish to determine who is listening to this or not. Uh, you have been warned. Possibly also, go just, to bed, Glenn's kids. Yes. Possibly. Uh, they, they keep growing at an increasingly linear rate of one a year. It's very, it's you know... Um, Unpredictable. Wait, wait, additional additional kids? Well, no, <laughs> like, their ages. <laughs> so okay. that that's that's not as bad. No. As a doctor, yes, as a doctor, they, I can tell you. <laughs> Uh, And uh, we should also just make clear before we get shut down by the government, uh, none of this is intended as legitimate (laughs) medical advice. (laughs) Why do I say this? Well, there's a lawsuit about an episode of Inconceivable that I can't get into further details on. So, but Uh, um, involves Redwall. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it does. So um, in this uh, game, we are going to play the role of old timey doctors and occasionally uh we're gonna need some people to be uh 
patients of those old-timey doctors as well. Uh, based on my randomly selecting a person, uh, because she won the game that we played and didn't record, Erica Ensign will be playing our first patient. So Erica has a hand of cards. She's got some ailments and cures. Uh, she is going to select a uh, an ailment and present it to the uh, the tribunal. Well, there's like four of us. What do you call that? Dan? Panel. Like a quad- quadrunal? Panel. Panel it is. Yep. Um, quadruped? No. Um, <laughs> and we will not this to a horse. Yes. <laughs> um, a wonder horse. Yeah. I mean, some of the medical advice we will be giving out tonight is below horse grade is what i'm saying jane i just want you to know i have some great wonder horse deals and that's three <laughs> jokes in one bam 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 yeah uh dan Moran, quantity over quality um so so uh erica i have bought you some time for you to consider uh your ailments and present the panel uh our our panel of doctors will be in this order uh dr ritt uh dr sims dr Morin. And Dr. Sindelar, that being me, and we will rotate. We will play for a number of turns. All right. Well, I can tell you uh, it, it was very easy to pick which of these ailments to use because this is one that I genuinely suffer from in real life as well as the game. And that is I have come down with a terrible case of cowardice. That's right. Mm. I am a coward. It's true. Please, please, doctors, help me. Dr. Ritt, your patient. Uh, indeed. Well, uh, I, I could tell the moment you walked into my office that, that you were indeed a coward. Um, <laughs> and I began immediately to, to try and figure out a course of treatment that might help to alleviate this terrible, terrible deficit of the mind and body. Um, but in order to isolate the exact cause of this cowardice, as it might be from trauma or uh, demons or maybe some some bile that's in, in the wrong place. I'm I'm going to need to open with a, a full spectrum urinalysis. Uh, that's okay. right. We're gonna we're gonna um, fill some vials. We're going to take a good hard look at the color and consistency of the urine. Um, and that's going to allow us to um, figure out what our next step is. But there is one thing that I can absolutely guarantee you. And that is that whatever the source of this cowardice is, it can absolutely and without question be cured by some cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Medicinal tobacco. Just a nice puff. Um, you know, just looking up some urine by the glow of a cigarette. I think that that we're going to figure this out. And I think that you're going to be okay. Well, uh, you know, half of that actually sounded like what my doctor would, would start with <laughs> often. It's the cigarettes, right? Yeah, it is. It, it yeah. totally is. Mm-hmm. A- analyzing bodily fu- fluids. I don't know if it's going to catch on, but that's how I run my practice. Mm. Well, but perhaps some of my my trusted colleagues um, may have a different course of treatment in mind. 
well, I, I mean, that's an unor- unorthodox treatment, but, uh, you know, we, we live science. There's science is more of an art than a science, as they say. Uh, I believe that, uh, Dr. Sims, you are the next to uh, make a recommendation. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to take a slightly different tack, but it's, it's similar to Dr. Ritz. So, you know, take that for, for whatever it's worth. But I mean, first, we're going to start with, just a basic course of naturopathy, right? We're gonna mm. we're gonna apply some herbs, ingest some herbs, some poultices. Um, gonna maybe improve your diet, more or less sugar and or alcohol might mm. be the solution here. Um, and then, concurrent to that, we're also going to try um, just a touch of children's morphine. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, children's working. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, we'll start with, you know, a minimum dose. We'll gradually increase it over time as needed. But really, I think between the application of, you know, poultices, ingestion of herbs, ingestion of alcohol, and some morphine, you're really on the right track to becoming less cowardly, really. Mm. Wow. If I may be so bold, this is not a child. This is an adult coward. Mm. <laughs> oh, full grown, you say. It's mm. true. Using the children's morphine does allow us to control the dosage mm. more I am, carefully. I am very, very sensitive to medications, so mm. that's not necessarily a bad thing. Do you have something in small cigarettes, Dr. Ritt? <laughs> <laughs> um well you uh, can child smoke. cigarettes yeah <laughs> yeah we, we do have some some children's cigarettes or as we call it um you know in our modern age normal cigarettes <laughs> oh god just just have half a cigarette have you considered that mm. um, yeah mm. there's there's no no problem with just starting to smoke a cigarette and then stopping sure that's the and- guarantee also there's more than one way to cut a cigarette in half i mean there's you know um yeah, lengthwise. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> more more um, than one way to cut a cigarette is the old slogan. <laughs> as the saying goes, that's the old saw. Uh, Doctor Sims, if you are uh, all set, we can I'm- we can hear from Doctor Moran next. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we can hear from Doctor Von Wonderhorse. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Doctor Sindelar, my esteemed colleague. I see. My dear patient, that you are suffering from some yellowness about the belly, Mm. from some true cowardice down into the very deepest fibers of your soul. And to extract that, we must go all the way in, and we must purge of you any of that last remaining shred of cowardice. Therefore, I recommend unto you my patented two-part strategy (laughs) for dealing with cowardice. First, please... You must imbibe a special concoction which will no doubt evacuate all cowardice from your system. And that is, of course, my own home recipe. Carefully, artisanally brewed dung juices. They, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Your, your own? Is that what you said? <laughs> artisanally brewed. <laughs> <laughs> Farm to table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on the table. So. <laughs> and the farm! <laughs> For Dr. Von Wunderhorst's patented dung juices, I am not allowed to divulge their exact nature, but let's just say 
They put the horse in Dr. Von Wunder. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> how how much of these uh, dung juices? As would much I have as to drink? is needed. <laughs> <laughs> One must not stop with too little. This is no child's dung juice. <laughs> 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 I mean, By we can all some... agree that the, the that fresh dung juice is very effective. The question is, how fresh is the Wonder Horse's dung juice? So, oh, it is the freshest, and may I add, the most wonderful of dung juices. But that is only step one for to cure your truly cure yourself of cowardice. There is only one solution in this our limited time on Earth, and that is, of course, to die. <laughs> Ars moriendi, the art of dying and uh, accepting your inevitable device with composure, dignity and chivalry, which will prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are truly no coward. For no coward can face death with dignity, chivalry, Colleagues, it is true that that many a patient who has sampled uh, Dr. Wonderhorse's dog juices has immediately sought death itself. I I was just thinking that very same thing. Can can one truly face death with dignity and dung juices dribbling down one's chin? That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Truly one cannot do one without the other. A heaping mug, a heaping mug of dung juices. Um, if that is what it takes, I am here dedicated. I have taken an oath, good doctor colleagues, to make sure that our patients are treated for these terrible ailments. And that is the only way to do it. I rest my case. Whoa, are you also a lawyer? <laughs> Dr. Cornelius von Wunderhorst, Esquire. <laughs> we we can all agree that lawyers are basically just doctors of law. It's It's, you know... It's trivial. I can tell you this. The difference between them is incremental. I am exactly as much of a lawyer as I am a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, dear patient, I have an alternative uh, recommendation here. Thank heavens. And of course, as the patient, it is is your right and responsibility to choose from these these, uh, remarkable set of cures and determine the one that will be uh, the most uh, helpful to your your predicament. So first off, uh, you know, in, in my practice, we really think of cowardice, and we have treated many a patient for cowardice. We really think of it as an ailment of the head, that it is an ailment primarily fixated within your, as we say in the trade, skull. So uh, first off, Many people, yes, it's a medical term. Uh, many people, we find that their skull has been uh, unnaturally compressed uh, by perhaps a wig that is too tight. Uh, perhaps mm. a layer of lice trapped between the wig and your own <laughs> very fine hairs. So uh, we first uh, recommend a forced de-wigging, uh, immediate removal of your wig to remove uh, any issues around sores and lice infestation as kind of the first routine of of treatment for uh, the ailment of cowardice. I think that you will feel like a new person without an old wig is how is how we say it in the medical. I've I've heard that phrase. I'm sure I have. Slogan. Mm. Yeah. Uh, And once you are free of that wig, uh, you are now ready for phase two of the operation, uh, a sequence that we refer to as water immersion. this is actually not as bad as it would sound. Uh, we will strap you to, let us say, a board uh, that uh-huh. will be placed in vicinity to water. And some of that water will be poured in great quantities 
onto your face. You will. I, I would like to really critique my my colleagues' uh, perception that you you must die in order to uh, overcome cowardice. Merely, you must have the illusion of death itself. Thwart through this water immersion, shall we say, water boarding, you will have the feeling of drowning with only eighty percent of the chance of drowning. Um, so. Dewigging and water immersion is the Dr. Sindelar patented uh, remedy for cowardice. Wow. Um, hmm. I, I will acknowledge that it's probably better that you remove the wig before you use the water immersion. Otherwise, you end up with a soggy wig, and that isn't helping anybody. A, a, a whole other element that one mm-hmm. w- must then remedy. <laughs> Nobody wants a soggy wig. Mm-mm. Wow. Um. Well, I think there are two clear uh, front runners here, um, but I have to say that I, I am not a fan of inhaling hot smoke, so I'm going to take the uh, the urinalysis and cigarettes off the table. I am sorry, Dr. Ritt. Uh, all I can say but is- But they're good for asthma. <laughs> all I can say is give me that sweet morphine, because- yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we're going to have to up the dosage probably pretty soon. But Dr. Sims said very clearly that uh, that, that we could do that if necessary. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah. As uh, much as you need. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with a good poultice as long as I get a little morphine afterwards. It is truly like you, a coward to avoid death. <laughs> <laughs> or, or near death by drowning. That is, that <laughs> well, is fair. on your own head, be it. <laughs> Child's that's, morphine. That's the wig. That's the wig on your own the, head. The, <laughs> child's morphine. The coward's drink. Um, well, after one turn of trust me, by I'm, I'm a doctor, it's basically all over. Aline has scored a point. Everyone else is at zero. I see no way that anything we can come back from this. Uh, players should draw if they had played an ailment. They'll draw a new ailment and draw up to six uh, remedies. And Jane, it will be your turn to be the patient next. Um, hello, doctors. Um, I am here because I have a terrible ailment. And I am sure that you can see it merely to behold me. It is true. I am covered in growths. Growths. Sorry, I didn't enunciate especially (laughs) well. growths. I'm covered in them. What shall we do? Oh, heavens. What a horrible predicament. Uh, we will hear from Dr. Sims first, followed by Dr. Carl von Wonderhorst, followed by <laughs> myself, Dr. Sindelar, and finally, uh, Dr. Ensign. Uh, Dr. Sims, your patient when you're ready. Well, Miss Ritt, I think I have the perfect solution for you. Um, as we all know, growths are caused by bad blood. So what we need to do is we need to get rid of that blood. We need to do some bloodletting. There are a couple of different ways we can do this. We can do it with leeches. Um, Just just a couple leeches right on your arm. No big deal. Um, We could also just just do a little bit of um, surgical intervention too. Only under medical supervision. We don't, you know, don't try this at home on your own, but with expert um, application of bloodletting, we can, we can drain the ill humors that are causing these growths right out of you. And then to follow that up while we're, while we're doing blood things, we're going to give you a blood transfusion. So we're going to take the blood of somebody who is, 
who is holy, who has good humors. And we're just going to kind of insert it right into your body. And um, that's going to circulate. It's going to cure those growths. And it's going to prevent more from forming. Most importantly, this isn't just a palliative cure. This is a true cure that's going to help you for the rest of your life. Wow. No, normally, uh, my wretched colleague, Dr. Sims, is I, I just I, I'm forced to critique her, her uh, treatments. I mean, this is a doctor who has left more corpses in her wake than the bubonic plague, but blood <laughs> out, blood in. That's hard to argue with. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and it seems like in the right order as well. First, you wouldn't want to put blood in and then take blood out. An excess of blood is another problem unto itself. Yes, well, well said, Doctor Sims. Well, Um, I'm convinced. Unless anybody else has any ideas, but wait, there are several more doctors here. Uh, Doctor Carl von Wonderhorse, perhaps you have an alternative recommendation. My name, dear sir, is Cornelius, and I'll thank you to remember it. (laughs) <laughs> Carl to your friends or people who somehow forgot the name Cornelius. <laughs> Sorry, well, I, for- I, have I forgot that all parts of your name were stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why would he why would he be named Von Wonderhorse and then name himself Carl? Carl? <laughs> I'm just I'm also Alina, I'm having a hard time with you because with you. Uh I did work with a Dr. Sims at one point. So yeah. um, <laughs> Yeah, it's me, Jessica Von Wonderhorse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jess to my friend. Yeah, yes. just yeah. Todd, Todd Von Wonderhorse. It's <laughs> <laughs> really embarrassed by my family. Yeah. <laughs> ah, well, I, far be it from me to disagree with the assessment of my good colleague, Dr. Sims, but I must say, I disagree with the assessment of my good colleague, Dr. Sims. I once again have... The two items, the two methodologies that will indubitably cure these growths which seem to be plaguing you. They now, are. First, they are. They are like a plague, I say. Yes. So, first, to prepare you for uh, the, the perhaps difficult procedure of actually dealing with these growths, we must start with a liberal application of my miracle tonic. This is no mere dung juice, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this this a, is a, a salve of the finest powdered uranium. It will, in, uh, no doubt, put you in a perfect state for the second part of this. Now, uh, yes, wait, wait. I understand you can, Did you can you apply this topically. uranium or geranium? I just want to know if we're talking flowers or radioactivity. I don't, I don't know of this radioactivity <laughs> of which you speak. Uranium is, of course... A uh, an element that, when ground into the fine powder, provides oh. a a luster to the skin. Perhaps you almost glow, a glow with it from yes. the inside. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds natural. Indeed, it's all natural. It's an element. It could not be it more comes, natural than that. It comes now, from the earth itself, from the mines of Peru. What could be more natural than that? Some some may argue that it's best used applied uh, topically, but in this case, I think. In order to get to the root of the problem, you shall mix it with some rum and imbibe it down, thus putting you into a, a comfortable position uh, for the second part of my cure, which is, of course, the extraction of said growths via aggressive surgical or acidic removal. <laughs> now, I can freely confess that perhaps these might be 
overly aggressive and you know i cannot guarantee we won't remove beyond just the growths but i can tell you this that the growths will certainly not plague you any longer for when you remove an arm containing a growth the problem is solved that growth is gone Mm -hmm. so uh and then afterwards we we follow that up with a, a liberal second helping of the miracle tonic just to just to wash it all down but i can guarantee you that by the end of this procedure your growths will be gone or you will not care about the growths anymore whichever comes first mm. you'll be you'll be too concerned with the gangrene to mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. that's worry a about separate the issue though an interesting, I bill an separately for that yeah that's next round <laughs> an interesting recommendation from dr cornelius von wonderhorst well dear patient i have my own uh strategy which i believe is a little bit more standard uh, first up, as we know, all medical uh, problems are a result of the bad things you have done in your life, and for those, you must be punished. So, in order to restore purity of the soul and flesh, we will start out with just a just a really thorough round of flagellation, uh, self-administered um, by you, of course, so you can control the pace and brutality of that. But I think that will put you in a in a proper state and really get your your body ready uh, for the next stage of things. For as we all know, or those of us in the reputable fields of medicine, uh, growths are probably just full of phlegm, and we need to drain that mucus. Uh, there are two traditional ends of the human body from which you can derma- remove mucus. Uh, it's when doing these things, it's rather unfortunate, so it's best to just. Try both sides, um, but this will relieve pressure and discomfort, and those growths will be gone in no time. We may need to repeat the process of flagellation and draining of phlegm a few times for complete removal, but you will then be living a better life. So say I, Dr. Sindelar. Uh, Dr. Ensign, you're a patient. Wow. Uh I mean, I feel like my my esteemed colleagues here are some of them are almost on the right track. And it warms my heart to see that that your works have 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 progressed so far uh, over over these low these many years uh, that I've been working side by side with you. Um, It is true that these growths are caused from within. There is no question about that. Um, But in order to get them them out and off, uh, the first thing that we have to do is some sweat bathing. That's right. We're basically going to put you in a sauna. Uh, We're going to expose you to some very high temperatures for quite a long time. Uh, You know, it'll cure your condition, you know, via some some light pickling. Basically, it's going uh, going to soften them up, soften up those growths so that they are just, they're ready to go. And, uh, and yes, as I mentioned, definitely growths uh, coming from within. Uh, Dr. Sims was correct that this comes from, from bad blood. However, once you are softened up with that lovely sweat bathing, uh, then we can just do some light scarification. That is correct. Scarification, if in case you are not familiar with that newer technique, this is, this is yes, this is a, a really up-to-date scientific technique. You might call it cutting edge. <laughs> I might not. And uh, yes, that is a mechanically assisted blood withdrawal via a series of vacuum sealed spinning blades. We are not messing around here at the practice of Dr. Ensign. No, no, we are using the latest technology. Uh, once those those growths are softened up, we will be able to just zip them right off with this scarification technique guaranteed to work. 
Oh, well, I have a lot to think about. Um, you know, I, I see a lot we- of good solutions here. Dr. Sindelar, did you have something you wanted to add? I'm just, we do have other patients, child, so, uh, tick-tock. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, my gross. Oh, well, I, I do have to say, of all of the solutions recommended, only one of them provided a method to both take the blood out and replace it with newer, better blood. So for that reason, I have to go with Dr. Sims. <laughs> She's well done, charlatan, you filthy charlatan. <laughs> She's two for two, but I couldn't uh-huh. resist. <laughs> Something so elegant. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sheer elegance there was simplicity. There was a good symmetry to it. Mm. Well, after two turns, Aline is running away with it. Dr. Sims has two points, while everyone else has a number that is less than one. Uh <laughs> So players are drawing up on their uh, their remedies. Sorry, remedies is not a word in this game. Cures. Players are drawing up on their cures. Uh, Aline, it is now time for you to present us uh, a patient with an ailment. Hello, doctors. I come to you today with a very serious, dire, all-consuming problem. And that is because of the world today... With so many things going on from plagues to murder hornets to (laughs) a lot of things. I'm feeling really melancholic lately and I would really appreciate some help to, to boost my mood and my esteem for both myself and the people around me. Uh, when you're ready, uh, Dr. Cornelius von Wonderhorse. Oh, you, I am always first. ready, and I you, have just right the now? thing. I'm ready right now. I have just the thing. I know precisely what to do in this situation, afflicting so many these days. And I can tell you the root of this. For my in-depth analysis of many people suffering from this affliction have concluded beyond even the palest shadow of a doubt that this is caused, of course, by elves and pixies, and therefore we must give you a feverfew charm. These are leaves of the feverfew herb, carefully collected, ground into a paste, used as whole branches. We use all parts of the feverfew herb, and these treat all sorts of maladies caused by those mischievous little elves and pixies causing all the trouble with their murder hornets and their various other strange afflictions. So for we start by giving those elves and pixies what for, and then we put some pep back into your step with a caffeine enema. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, is an application of high volumes of caffeinated fluid. And I frequently misread that as high velocity, which I suppose <laughs> is a way that you can do this as well. Um, and, of course... There is only one way to get it directly into your system. No drinking of coffees or teas. That is inefficient. We go straight in. <laughs> and if that does not cure your melancholy, well, my friend, you have more serious elves and pixies than I thought. Mm. Well said, Cornelius. <laughs> well said, anyway. It is, it's said. Yeah. Said, Cornelius. <laughs> said. <laughs> 
Uh, well, dear patient, uh, I am in agreement with uh, uh, my colleague that is clearly your melancholy is brought about by a, an imbalance of the humors. And though he would suggest an injection of caffeine, I have other feelings. I feel, I, I believe that you are in need of some new bile. I think that likely your current bile has well turned. It is, it is, it is not fresh. It's, it's not working. It's not doing what your body needs of it to fill you with that mirth and joy. So we are just going to give you a hot bile injection, uh, direct from the gallbladder of a generous, and likely a homeless donor uh, who is we have waiting in the back room. Uh, and I just think that, you know, we got some hot bile in you. That is really going to change your life. But perhaps that is not enough. That doesn't sound like like that'll get, get the job done. So let me tell you, as you are recovering from that bile transfusion, your body is just going to be calling out for nourishment. And we are just going to have you recuperate with a hot bowl full of ale. That's right, ale. And this is, of course, medicinal ale, uh, which uh, will contain some combination of hen's egg, spider, sheep excrement. Um, you know, you know what? I just remembered. You should probably not know the contents of it. Let us just call it <laughs> a hot bowl of ale. <laughs> Doctor Ensign, your patient. Yes. Well, uh, I, the 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 heart of melancholy is in the heart, and the way that you purify the heart is very simple with prayer that's right it is important to get right with the almighty um, clear your soul pray to the god above uh, to to lift your melancholy and then just to make sure that we absolutely lift that melancholy up 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 and away we need to to get you up 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 and we're going to do that with some cocaine. That's right. It is the genuine wonder cure. It provides endless energy and immediate pain relief if you happen to have any. So you get like an extra bonus uh, from the cocaine. But I guarantee you the melancholy is is ready to just poof out out of the world. And I, I agree with my esteemed colleague, Dr. All of those names and a horse. And uh, <laughs> that, yes, d drinking uh, is, is not the way to go in terms of, of taking in cures. But uh, but I believe that the, the enema is not particularly um, efficient either, shall we say. Were no, no, no. I never. <laughs> the cocaine. Uh, there are multiple ways to, to ingest it. But, uh, but if you sniff it right up into your little nose... Then, uh, then yeah, it goes it goes straight to your brain, and you will just be pep pep pepped right up. Yep, it's no uranium, but I suppose yeah. it's <laughs> adequate. Inhale his name, <laughs> 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 Doctor Ritt. Perhaps you have another suggestion for this this patient. You know, I I would say that my my dear cherished colleagues they are right or partially right. Some of the time. You see, the cure to your melancholy is not going to be ecclesiastical. And it certainly has nothing to do with hot bile. No, no, no. My <laughs> well, child, I never. My hot child, bile is everywhere. <laughs> have, have you ever heard of self-care? No. This is this is going to, <laughs> this is really going to redefine things for you. I can tell. So first, um, just to, to get into the mood, um, we are 
we are going to get you started with some opium. Uh, um, absolutely. Uh, that is a non-negotiable. Uh, when you have melancholy, y- y- reach for opium. First things first. But to make sure that this is a, a lasting cure um, and not just some flesh in the pan, we're going to follow it up with some rituals. That's right. If you're feeling melancholy, you're going to want to do some opium and do some rituals. We're talking chanting. We're talking swaying. Uh, is it a full moon? I don't know. Let's go find out. Underneath the sky. Well, running around with our sisters. It'll be perfect. You'll forget what melancholia even is. Opium and rituals. That's the Dr. Rit guarantee. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. This this is a hard decision, but the promise of more energy with cocaine is really <laughs> really appealing right now. So, Dr. Ensign, please. Yes. A bowl full of Thank ale you. and spider eggs will give you just as much pep. Uh, I beg to differ. Don't come sir. to me when you are continually uh, harassed by pixies and elves or cocaine <laughs> will not help you then but the ritual is already prepped what am I going to do with all of these candles out by the cliffs <sighs> uh, Dan when you're ready it will be your turn next to uh, present us as a patient oh boy um, well I I come to you with a, a very serious problem doctors I, I just don't know what to do about it and I'm hoping that one of you has a solution that will it will cure me of this terrible affliction. You see, when I occasionally cut myself while cooking in the kitchen or working on my house, I determine that I have simply too much blood. I have an excess of blood, and I know not what to do about it. But please help me. Help me, doctors. You are my only hope. I've been saying this about Dan for years. Yeah. I mean, we were all thinking it. Thank mm-hmm. God somebody finally said it. Thank God it was him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been awkward. That intervention of the you've got too much blood. <laughs> also, you've got blood. The hit sequel to you've got mail. And several of us have already used our like bloodletting cards. So I know. I, like, yeah. oh, I burned it on the wrong turn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, dear patient, it is good that you came to us here. I was just sharpening my tools, and they are ready to go to help you out with this excess blood. You see, your problem is the excess blood. That is not the 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 the, the true disease. That is merely one of the symptoms. I suspect that you have a variety of excesses within your system that we doctors are prepared to help you out with. Uh, likely. Uh, you have some superfluous organs, so we are just going to open you up and remove some of them. No doubt one or more of those organs is just just putting too much blood into your system. And, you know, we'll get in there and figure out which one it is. It might be a gallbladder, a bladder, a lung, a heart. One of those things is just doctor, it's no good. I, I am the organist. Oh, no. <laughs> um, it's, it's best not to concern yourself with what exactly, but what of your glands, organs, skulls, or abdomens is causing the problem, <laughs> and we will get in there and just get the whole thing out. No half measures, I always say, with organ removals. Now, this is going to leave you in a situation where you will have some open wounds on your body that will allow that excess blood to escape and no longer concern yourself with it. Um, And what we really want to do here is, in order to kind of clean those wounds out, 
we are going to engage in a very scientific, very medicinal uh, process that we call putrefaction. So it turns out that, that what we actually wish to do is we want to encourage that rot to aid removal of unwanted foreign agents and, again, possibly unwanted or- organs. We're going to soften that skin up and just allow the bad to rot away, leaving only the good the parts of you that you know you can count on because clearly you've just you've just got too much going on all up in there and we're going to take some of it away um so, so you're organ going to take removal, away my organs and then putrefy me, the putrefy those wounds you're going to take my organs but give me rot well the the rot is a temporary it's, a, it's part of the it's recovery a bad process. deal it's part of the recovery process, Fred. It's very scientific. I can expect mm, a commoner mm, such as you. Uh, no, ask your friend I, Carl von Wonderhorse about it. He'll vouch for me. I don't know a Carl. <laughs> is oh, he related to Cornelius von Wonderhorse? Oh, that is his awful cousin. <laughs> Get him. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't know, but that does sound like a bunch of rot as far as I'm uh, concerned. Well, if you can do better, Dr. Ensign, please let us hear it. I absolutely can. When you have too much blood, nine times out of ten, you also have too much bile. It is a little known fact outside of medical circles, but this is absolutely the truth. So we are going to start you off with some bile drainage. Yes, we will We will draw your bile out via a large syringe from your gallbladder or your liver. Important point, we are going to store that for later use. So you're not actually just losing it. We are, we're going to keep it on hand. And as that will then shrink down your gallbladder or your liver, that will leave more room in your body for some of this excess blood. So we've already taken care of, uh, of half of the problem right there. Um, but just to, you know, just to make sure that that process didn't throw anything else out of kilter, we are going to give you one of the universal medicines of our time. This is just a, a, a grand discovery that I am very happy to have on hand at my, uh, my medical apothecary shop. That's right. You're going to take some Quicksilver. Just a, a little bit of mercury. Uh, it, it, it's a universal medicine for almost any disease. It basically burns the sickness out uh, with silver fire. So uh, it will also burn some of that blood out along with the silver fire. Uh, you will have less bile, smaller organs. We don't need to remove the organs. We just need to make them a little smaller so there's room for your blood. And then the quicksilver will take care of any lingering issues uh, that, that might have, have followed. I do like silver blood. That sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It sounds fantastic, but it tastes terrible. Well, yeah. sometimes uh, medicine is, you know, you, they, they call it medicine for a reason. Clearly too good to be true. <laughs> I, I think I'd like to keep my options open. <laughs> well, we have more on the panel. Dr. Ritt? Indeed. So cutting edge medical science tells us that there is a relationship between the skeleton and one's blood. That perhaps the skeleton and the bones even play a part in the the generation of blood. I know it sounds outlandish, but believe me, it is true. And you have a lot of blood. So what I propose is that we also stretch the bones. Right now, the problem is that they are out of proportion. You have too much blood and your bones, 
eensy weensy that absolutely <laughs> cannot be. I mean, I so can't first, argue with that. I've always said that about him. <laughs> eensy weensy bones. bones. That's right. So through the installation of internal and external fixators and uh, lengthening nails, we will ensure that your skeleton is uh, stretched to the size that you deserve. And then... Uh, what a we're custom going- fit skeleton. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then what we're going to do is um, vibration. So we are going to make sure that not only uh, is your excess blood problem taken care of, but you have the longest, wiggliest skeleton that anyone has ever seen. Would you call those good vibrations? Good vibrations. Damn it, I was going to do it too. Yeah. I was going to do it too. Uh. So, so skeleton, big, skeleton, wiggly, <laughs> blood, right. It's not as catchy as I would hope, but it does have a certain rhythm to it. It's baloney. I'm just, oh. I'm just gonna lay it out. It's that that is in no My way. My skeleton does science. have a first name. <laughs> Are you suggesting that bone stretching is not a solid medical technique, Doctor Sim? Combined with vibration, no, it cancels. It cancels out. Oh, it's like a math problem. I I don't know what medical school you went to, Doctor Ritt. But the reports, the reports that vibration shrinks your skeleton, I dismiss out of hand. Mm. Look, I have the solution for you, sir. You have an excess of blood, right? So, therefore, the solution as pointed out by others, is to reduce the amount of blood within. Okay, so we are going to accomplish this with some mercine, mer, excuse me, merswine whipping. And so what we're going to do is we're going to find a sea pig. We are going to unfortunately sacrifice it. Uh, we are going to skin it. We're going to just drape that skin over your shoulders and we're going to whip okay and we whip you devil afflicted patient and soon you're going to feel better right because the blood is just going to come out right and then the the opposite of dr sindelar here we're actually going to cauterize any wounds that come up so instead of Instead of putrefying, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to ensure that doesn't happen. We're just going to apply some heat to those wounds and make sure that you have no more issues after that. Because the solution, excess blood, you want less blood. You don't want pus. You don't want controversial other, form, uh, other forms of grossness. This whole plan is merswine. That's what I say. <laughs> no blood infection. We're just going to cauterize that and you're going to be good as new. So you're planning to leave his skeleton intact? <laughs> yes. Yep. Huh. That That's the Aline Sims promise. I remember wow. when organ removal sounded a little out there. <laughs> <laughs> a mere five minutes ago. <laughs> wow. Uh, you've all presented me with compelling cases for how to treat this terrible affliction that I have. And if I... It says here in the contract, I have to choose one. Uh-huh. Indeed you do. To, uh-huh. yes. I have to choose one. The door is locked. <laughs> I think I, as much as I 
uh, don't relish the idea of having a giant syringe stuck into me, it does seem like removing the bile and replacing it with silver blood. <laughs> silver blood. <laughs> seems just far, far better. It seems like a, I don't know if there's a word for this, but an, an upgrade, as though I am being improved in some way. I, I, I am quite intrigued by this process, and I think I, of all of the solutions presented, that was the one... Well, I expect I'll see you next week when you realize you have far too many organs stuffed in that wretched torso of yours. <laughs> I assure you, I am very good with a needle. You are in good hands. I know, Dr. Sindelar, that they call you the organ grinder, but I feel that that was more than I wanted to engage in right now. Fair well. enough. All right. Well, I think it is my turn to play the patient. I'm just getting that ready. Uh, quick score update. I believe it is Erica at two, Aline at two, Jane, Tony, and Dan in a dead heat for zero being in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello? Is this the right place? Yes, come on in. Enter. Boy, bruv. Uh, well, I, uh, <laughs> I, I have this, I have this issue. I'm hoping, uh, one of you fine, uh, surgery ends could help me out. Uh, it's, sir, ladies, sirs, it's, it's, well, there's no other way to put it. It's cannibalism. I just can't stop eating people. <laughs> Please. I, you know, I've eaten most of my family, all of my neighbors, and it's just, it's just not economically feasible for me to continue down this path. I seek a reprieve from this situation. I, I want to be free of this, this dreadful ailment of cannibalism. Wow. We've all been there. Mm. It's okay. Mm. Well, Tuesday night. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. As you would expect from something as serious and severe as cannibalism. Indeed. You are, they say, what you eat. Oh, no. And you are a human. <laughs> and you eat humans, so... <laughs> Story checks out. Oh, Indeed, well, that's, that's not so bad, eh? Golly gee, Willikers, this is this is the worst case of cannibalism I have seen in some time. Uh, there are multiple causes of cannibalism, um, but the first thing that we need to do is ensure that you stop eating people uh, before the treatment, before the real treatment has even gotten underway. Um, and we're going to do I'm that in, to consider it. in the kindest, nicest way possible. We are going to take you on a relaxing visit to the asylum. That's right. You will be, you'll be kept well away from any other patients. You will no longer have the temptation of eating, eating anyone. You will get a snug white outfit, which I think would look very fetching on you. Uh, it'll really go with your complexion. Um, I'm concerned it might show the blood is all. <laughs> well, oh. you won't be, you won't be oh, eating anyone. I get it. Mm -hmm. So you say. Yes, yes. So, so you'll be very well cared for in this uh, in this asylum. So you won't have to worry about any of those uh, oh, those pesky cravings actually being acted upon. Um, but we actually need to also uh, get rid of of any of the uh, the people that you have eaten. Like if you if you just had a meal, we we need to make sure that that is taken out of your system completely. Because once you start, you can't stop. You know, oh, it's you can't very eat just true. one. No. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we are going to give you some Ipecac syrup once you are safely in the uh, in the asylum. And uh, that will induce some really, really powerful vomiting. Um, and that will help 
uh, help make sure that it's all out of your system. It will help balance your humors. It will cleanse the lungs and the stomach. And that way, you will, you will no longer be craving, craving the human meat because you won't have it in your system, uh, tearing you to pieces from the inside anymore. Uh, well, uh, Dr. Ensign, I have to say that that's a fascinating recommendation. I, I just I want to make sure I've got some options, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, perhaps one of your other fancy doctors has an idea. Huh. Fascinating. <laughs> now, my, my dear patient, um, you know that I want to treat you and you know that I want to make you well. But I also have a duty to society. And when certain what? crimes... What is such as now? cannibalism, <laughs> such as cannibalism, are perpetrated, a punishment must first be meted out before we can proceed to the cure. And in this case, the punishment for cannibalism, regrettably but unavoidably, must be torture. <laughs> we absolutely must engage in a bit of physical restraint. Joined by breaking of the bones, ripping of the skin, and slash or purging of the soul. I'm Always say, you and your skeletons. Yes, I'm going to say all three. Listen, I get results. <laughs> well, ca- can't say that speaks to me much, but I presumably the second phase of it will be much better. Yeah. So my colleagues may suggest that I'm a little bit uh, skeleton crazy, but when they see this next technique and how well it cures you of cannibalism, they will not laugh. They will finally show me the respect that I am owed. That's the Babylonian skull cure. <laughs> I what think that will get you, you I do. think that will get you exactly the respect that you are owed. I think that <laughs> ship has sailed, Doctor. <laughs> okay. Don't you even try pretend that the Babylonian skull cure is not an ancient and respected technique for curing many a disorder. What would I do with this here skull that you're holding? Okay, well, well, first you're going to lick and kiss the skull in bed seven times each night. Um, and that will free you of these, these negative impulses. Um, because really, you will find that when you are eating people, it is because... You love their bones. It's true. And you just, you just want to kiss them on the bones. Just straight <laughs> on the of. bones. But there's all the meat in between you and the bones that you want to be kissing. And you just get confused. And then there's all the blood. No, no, no. First, we're going to torture you until society <laughs> is satisfied that the debts have been paid. And then you're going to canoodle with a skull in bed. Seven nights. Babylonian skull cure. We're going to, you know, that's it. That's all she wrote. You'll be great. Wow. Uh, that's a lot to take in. I, I, I want to keep my options open. Uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm going to climb <laughs> off this desk. But you've got to listen to me. I really feel this one. Uh, Dr. Sims? Um, first, just a societal comment. I don't think we're taught enough about the root cause of cannibalism in schools. I really mm-hmm. think that we need to petition the public school system to add this to the curriculum so that, you know, if, if we don't talk to the kids about cannibalism, who's going to bring cannibalism to the curriculum? We got to deal with the root problem, bruv. The the problem is I've been eating all those roots. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. And so finally it it leaves me unfulfilled. Whereas bones and meat, that's what I need. Yeah. 
Um, well, I have the solution for you. No offense to my esteemed colleagues here, but none of them are on the right track. So we're just going to start with a little bit of heavy fumigation. Um, so we're going, we're going to put you in kind of an oven type situation. It won't be hot. It won't be hot. It'll oh, cold just be oven. smoky. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sulfur pitch. I mean, really, I hate to say it, but Dr. Dr. Ritt was on the right track. You do oh, need dear. to have a little bit of penance, right? It can't be a truly 100% pleasant experience. So a little bit of sulfur, a little bit of pitch, little bit of lotion rubbing onto your legs and, and, and thighs, and you'll be right as rain. Like, we're, we're going to get those ill humors that are causing these desires out of you. That doesn't and sound then, so bad. Right. I could, go, and, I could go for some lotions. Right. And, and I mean, really, one of the other causes of cannibalism is that you're just hungry, right? You need some protein, you need some fat. And so what we're going to do is we're going to roast some bees and we're going to feed you the bees. And it, they're, they're such a great, rich source of nutrients. And um, there's going to be kind of some essential oils in there too to really, really help boost the nutritive value of the roasted bees as we put them in your system. And you're going to be right as rain in no time. I really want to argue with the roasted bees, but I can't. Mm -hmm. You can't argue with roasted bees. Broiled, broiled, baked, <laughs> barbecued even, but roasted so I mean, pedestrian. we can make them honey roasted bees. Oh, now you're the, the honey doesn't really add any medicinal value to it. Most, but most it of it burns off pleasant. in the cooking. It helps the roasted bees go down, though. It, it caramelizes right, right. very nicely, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Dr. Von Wunderhorst? Well, my colleagues, esteemed though they esteemed though they may be, are on completely the wrong track here. For if there is something that's causing you to consume the flesh of your fellow human being, I suggest that the root of that problem is in two parts. One, and uh, perhaps more importantly, uh, something is simply put out of alignment for you. The stars themselves have caused you to act in this strange way, perhaps in importing their strange magics upon your body. So I suggest that astral realignment is necessary for you to correct your behavior. It is, they say, mildly excruciating, but only mildly mildly excruciating we're going to redirect the ley lines the energy centers of your body the things that are crying out in that void to be filled but what is filling you is not is not a void that can be filled by food by the material that you consume it is a void that is filled must be filled by the universe and then i think it's only appropriate that what is, as they say, good for the goose is good for the gander. So now we are going to apply maggots to you, and we are going to see how you like it. What does that have to do with geese, sir? <laughs> My point simply being that perhaps your cannibalism comes from not understanding the sensation of the victims that you have consumed, and once you experience what it is like to be consumed, you will think twice before you inflict such a terrible fate upon your fellow people. 
Well, I, I, bruv, I, I just feel like I have been very judged unkindly by some of you doctorings, and, you know, I, I don't know if any of you are really listening to me. Look, I am the one suffering with cannibalism here, and it Dear seems doctor like many- friends, are any of you made a little nervous by the look in her patient's eye right now? <laughs> I'm just, I feel Perhaps like some- he needs a Snickers. <laughs> I feel like some of you are looking to punish me, and, I mean, I, I sure like the idea of that, 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 uh, that skull that I could be friends with, that the Babylonian skull cure, but I it occurs oh, to me yes. I have I but it occurs to me I have several skulls at home. And uh sure they are not <laughs> Babylonian, they're locally sourced, slightly more ethical. Well that's complicated. But it's only Dr. Sims that I think is really looking out for me. Because I could just I could I'm just thinking about it now and I could just go for a nice handful of roasted bees. And you know we all I just could. Yeah, I mean a little fumigation, uh, get that smoke and pitch in there, and uh, and and some roasted roasted bees, and I will be right as rain. That's what I have to say. Oh, excuse me, one of them's coming back up. <laughs> that I have a heard that plan has a significant amount of buzz around. Mm. <laughs> Indeed, roasted bees all day. <laughs> Delicious. But, do be careful. There is a side effect. You may break out in hives. Mm. Uh, well, <laughs> doctors, patients, friends, that is the end that of one, one round. And I believe that the final score is that Aline is crowned Surgeon General. Mm-hmm. Aline, am I correct that you got three points? I got three, yeah. Beating out uh, Dr. Ensign's two points mm-hmm. and Dr. Sindelar, Dr. Von Wonderhorse, and Dr. Ritz also here uh we learned a great deal about patients and medicine and how to care for ourselves and each other and that's what's important here at trust me i'm a doctor i believe that all that remains is for me to uh thank our esteemed colleagues for their various quackery that they supplied us with uh dr erica and dr erica ensign thank you for being here I am, you know, if I if I have to hand over my my certificate saying that I am the Surgeon General, uh, I think I'm I'm okay handing that over to Doctor Sims. Yes, that certificate, of course, is in the form of a large belt. Um, <laughs> very shiny. It's just how certificates were done back then. Uh, Doctor Jane Ritt, thank you for being here. Thank you, Tony. And I think that one day bone-based medicine will be at the forefront. <laughs> I, I hope so, for all our sakes. Uh, Dr. Aline Sims, our champion and surgeon general, thank you as always. Thanks. And last but not least, uh, Dr. Dan Moran, a.k.a. practicing under the name of Dr. Cornelius Von Wonderhorse, or his slightly more esteemed cousin, Carl. <laughs> Dr. Cornelius Von Wonderhorse's Miracle Tonic. Ask for it by name, now with Plutonium. Thank you all for playing. Nerds, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our antics, hey, this is a five-sixths of the Dog and Pony show on over on the Total Party Kill podcast. Uh, you can hear us, plus Micah Sargent, uh, who's better than any of us, uh, play through the Curse of Strahd adventure if you have not already checked that out. Uh, goodbye! Goodbye!